You're listening to the Cornerstone Chapel High School Youth Ministry. Let's head into the service for this week's message. We are in Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to start in chapter 12 of Hebrews. We are almost done with this book. It's been a long time, a couple months, but we are finishing up this chapter, this book of Hebrews, and I'm excited. Our theme for camp is also running the race. This will be a little bit, a little bit of what we're going to be talking about at camp for this winter. Um, It just so happens that we're in the book of Hebrews, and at camp the theme is Hebrews chapter 12, so you're going to get both. Um, But for today, we're going to just study a few verses in chapter 12, just about three verses. And uh, so far, we've come from chapter 1, seeing Jesus Christ and seeing who he is as God and who he is as man. And we see how he is better than the Old Testament law and he is better than Moses, who uh, the Jews revered so highly. And, um, And right now, the writer of Hebrews is preaching to Christian Jews Jews who believe in Jesus Christ, but they had the habit of wanting to go back into their old ways, going back into the old system, going back to the law. There's nothing wrong with that. But what the writer of Hebrews is trying to say, look, you can move on, press on toward what's ahead, and what's ahead is Jesus Christ who has fulfilled everything from the Old Testament. There's no need to go back over and and go back to to Moses' law and the priestly duties. Look forward to Jesus. Look ahead. And that can, that can apply to us today, how we don't need to go back to our old past. We don't need to go and look in the back and see what went wrong or, or what was good. Looking ahead, now we can see what is better. We can look ahead to Jesus. We can see who he is, what he's done for us in our lives. And this chapter 12 and chapter 13 being the last two chapters is just a basic summary of staying the course. And the writer of Hebrews gives the analogy, gives the imagery of a race and running in a race. This life is a marathon. It's not a sprint and then you're over. It's not running a mile and then you're done. It's a marathon. It's a lifelong journey. And he's summarizing this in chapter 12. We talked about for the past three weeks the heroes of faith in the Hall of Faith of chapter 11. We studied Abraham, Enoch, Abel, Moses, and Abraham. Um, did I say Abraham twice? Yeah. And uh, we've been studying who they are. And the writer of Hebrews puts their history in this book for a reason. It's not just to say, hey, look at these, look at these characters, uh, let's study them all over again. Look, the Jews had every bit of knowledge of who these people were. But the writer puts them in there for a reason so that we can look back on their lives, we can look back to what they did, to the example they set of faith, and we, we as believers now today can press on towards the goal, we can receive the prize, we can... Um, take a look at what went wrong in these heroes of faith because they weren't perfect but they were, they were commended for their righteous acts and their faith in God bringing them out through anything through any crisis and so today um, I've entitled this chapter this, this study Stay in the Race how a lot of us can start the race well we can start it well we can go to camp we can dive into God's word, we can go back home and maybe stay in that race for two more months and then we start drifting away or we start slowing down or we say, I can't do this anymore, I give up. The whole book of the Bible, the whole reason for the Bible is staying the course, staying in the race and seeing Jesus at the finish line because he's waiting for us. He's not going to force anything upon us, but he's going to guide us with his hand, he's going to lead us, he's going to say, look, focus on me, I'm the target. 
And watch me down the race. Fix your eyes on me. We're going to get into this today in Hebrews chapter 12. And staying in the race, you can look at it different ways. Um, You know, growing up, when I was in elementary school, I hated running the mile in PE. I hated it. And I hated it in high school. Why did we have to run the mile in high school? Do you guys still do that today? No or yes? Some no, some yeses. Okay. In my day, we had to run the mile. You had to pass with flying colors or whatever, and the PE teacher gives a thumbs up. Okay, I hated it. And I'm like, what is the point of this? I'm not going to run a mile the rest of my life. Why am I going to run now and just prove that I got a good time? Well, in elementary school, I um, just let you know, I was the worst runner in my class. And uh, I finished with flying colors um, of a really chunk of time. You were, I mean, kids were running the mile in four minutes flat. I'm like, you guys are ridiculous. You guys are dumb. Like, give me a break. Um, I, ended it, I ended about, let's, uh, maybe let's triple that. Um, actually, actually, let's just quadruple whatever billion times. It, it was close to like 18, 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> because uh, it, it, it would, it would it, that's a lot of walking to, to get 20 minutes. Um, you know, I would, I would huff and puff, I'd run for like a good one minute and be like, okay, I'm going to just pace myself and just jog. And I see my friends running, and I'm like, okay, I, I don't want to look good anymore. I'm just going just, just to talk and, and just talk with the, the one kid that doesn't want to run. And so I walk with him, and hey, I, I did a good thing. Jesus was happy that I talked to this person. But uh, my PE teacher, PE teacher wasn't so happy. But I, I, I didn't care. I was like, don't want to run. And then high school came around, and I'm like, here we go again. And this time in high school, you got to look good. You got to look good in front of the women. And you got to make sure the guys think you're a man. So I huffed and I puffed and I tried. <laughs> and uh, I was five minutes better than elementary school. You can do the math. Okay. I'm not a runner. I, I never wanted to sign up for track, I never wanted to do anything with running. Um, I couldn't stand it. That's why I did sports that didn't do a lot of running. Um, Exhibit A, baseball. Not a lot of running. That's why I did baseball. Um, And uh, I'm like, I'm not going to run. But what I'm going to talk about today is the writer of Hebrews uses the analogy of running, of the sport of running. And using this terms, in, in that day and age, the Olympics were huge. And in Greece, the Olympics were a big thing. And, uh, um, I mean, that's where we have our Olympics today, and, the, and running the track, and Usain Bolt, I mean, he's amazing, and just watching people run, but in our spiritual life, in our spiritual walk with Christ, we can take the, the term running and use it for our lives today. Are you and I running the race that God has called us to run, to stay on the course, to not start drifting away, not start taking it slow, or not start, not even quitting? There, there have been many people who have stayed the course, and they're almost there, but yet they quit. They give up. And you know, coaches, they never want you to give up. Never say never. Don't ever quit. Never give up. Keep going. And the writer is saying that in this, in this chapter. Stay the course. Don't give up. Run with perseverance. And so let's look right now in chapter 12, starting in verse 1. It's just three verses. And follow along with me. And the writer says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that is, that is all the people we just read about in chapter 11, the great hearers of faith, 
Since we are surrounded by the great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the the morning, we thank you for the snow, and I just pray that you would uh, keep everyone safe on the road. Um, Go before us now, help us to learn something new in your word, and uh, we thank you for this time we can have and uh, dive in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, running this race, surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Again, that means in this first verse, the therefore, it's always, everyone can ask the question, what is therefore, therefore? What we just read in chapter 11, every hero of faith, the hall of faith, if you will, that the writer of Hebrews writes down, we we see their example, we see how they live by faith, and then in chapter 12 it says, therefore, since we have these great cloud of witnesses, that that word witness in the Greek is martis, that's where we get our English word martyr, you know what a martyr is? Someone who dies for their faith, I have a, a book called the Fox's Book of Martyrs, Countless examples of people who lived for Christ and were killed because of it. I don't think we understand that this day and age because of America. We're not necessarily killed for our faith. But in places like China, places like India, some places in South America and in Africa, people are slaughtered for their faith. And this term, this great cloud of witnesses, these martyrs that went before us, not necessarily they, were di- they died for their faith, but they lived out their life in faith. And now they bear witness to us that we now take examples of what they did. So since we see their examples, since we're surrounded by such heroes of faith, now let us throw off everything that hinders us and let us run with perseverance and let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Get in your head this, this race, this racetrack, and it's just one, one long racetrack. No, no curves, no, no railroads, whatever. You're just, you're just running in a straight line. And in the distance, you see Jesus, and he's waiting for you. Don't give up. Run with perseverance in this life. Jesus said, you're going to have troubles in this life. He didn't say, if you sometimes have troubles. He didn't say, if. He says, when. When you have troubles, there's going to be struggles that come along the way. A race is not always easy. It's not always easy. And in this life, it's not going to be easy. But Jesus is standing there at the finish line, waiting for you to end this race, and end it well. Again, you can start a race well, but many, many never finish well. Everyone can start well. Everyone can look good. Everyone can feel good about themselves. I'm doing it well. I'm doing it well. That's awesome. But how you finish is what matters. How you finish this life is what matters. And three things I just want to touch base on, encouragement to keep going, is number one, we can look at the heroes of faith that we talked about in chapter 11. We can look at them who stayed the course and received the prize at the end. Now, some of them didn't receive what was promised. What was promised was a Messiah, Jesus Christ, coming into this world to die for us. But some did receive a promise. It's called eternal life. And through that life on earth, they made a life and they persevered through faith, not knowing what was going to happen in the end. So when you want encouragement to keep going, you look at the ones who won the race. That's why they're in this hall of faith, if you will, in chapter 11. They won. Nobody lost in chapter 11. Nobody lost. They persevered. They ran through this life. They had faith. And they made it through. 
No one lost. So when we're running this race in life, we need to look at the ones who did win. We need to study examples of people in the Old Testament and the New Testament of people who persevered. They were people just like us. The Bible is not about people who stood for their faith and who stood up in great causes. And the Bible is not about people. The Bible is about one person named Jesus Christ. And in the Bible, we find different people who had to learn to live a certain way through faith to get to a one man named Jesus Christ. The Bible has many stories, many stories, not just from chapter 11, but many stories in the Old Testament and New Testament that we can study and learn by their example. Number three, though, getting ahead of myself, we can ultimately learn the, the best example. The ultimate example is Jesus Christ himself, who lived a sinless life here on earth for 33 years. But we can also look at the heroes who won the race, who finished well. You're not going to want to look at the example of someone who lost. Someone who lost. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to take on that example because they lost. People who, who win in this life. People who win in sports right now. People who are winners, like the Seattle Seahawks. Everyone's on the bandwagon of the Seattle. Because why? Because they win. Everyone's on the bandwagon of the Redskins. Be, I'm just kidding, not the Redskins. <laughs> Everyone is on the bandwagon of Seattle. Or another great football team, another great baseball team, another one that won the World Series, Red Sox. Everyone's Red Sox fans now. I hate it. But everyone is going to look to a winner. Look how this team won. Look how this runner won the race. I'm not going to take the example of one who lost. I'm going to take the example of the one who won. And that's what the writer of Hebrews is talking about. Look at the cloud of witnesses that went before us. Study the Old Testament lives, the heroes of faith. I challenge you guys, look back in the Old Testament and research. You can look up Abraham we just talked about. Study David's life. Study Joseph's life in Genesis. Study Moses' life. Look at those people who had lives just like us, yet they persevered through faith and they won the race. Did they have troubles? Did they fall down in the race? Did they scrape their knee? Yes. But did they finish well? They certainly did. So that first one is we need to take example of those who went before us. Number two, we have to start looking at our own self. We have to look at our own self and feel like, am I winning this race? Am I running with perseverance? Or am I just jogging and then just want to drift off to somewhere else? You know, I can take my time right now. It's all right. I, I can get back to the Bible later. No, when troubles come, it seems like when, when hardships come, then we turn to God. How about we turn to God every day in our life when happy things come too, not just trouble things? Let's run this race with perseverance and look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, what Hebrews just told us. So we have to look at other people that did it before us. You have to look at your own self. You have to examine your spiritual walk with the Lord. You can't start relying on people's faith in a certain way. You can look at the faith that they had and take example of what they did, but you can't start using them as a crutch for your own faith. We have to start taking responsibility for our own faith. You can't start leaning on your friends that are more spiritual. You can't start leaning on other adults. You gotta start holding on your own faith. Take responsibility of it. Look at your own self. Am I running this race with perseverance? Or am I drifting and wanting to run my own race? A lot of people wanna run their own race. Again, Jesus said, wide is the gate and many go into it. But narrow is the gate that leads to who? Jesus. And few find it. That's the true person who perseveres. The crowd, everyone, the crowd that goes in the wide gate, everyone wants to follow the crowd because it's acceptable. It's socially acceptable. Everyone's doing it. Well, who's running the narrow gate? Not many. And it's not popular when we run in the narrow gate. 
we first have to examine our own self and figure out, am I running this race the way God wants me to run with perseverance? Am I, and we need to examine our spiritual heart in this walk, in this run with Christ. And number three, again, we have to look at Jesus Christ, the ultimate person who is the, exam, um, the best example of faith. We look at Old, Old Testament heroes. We then look at ourselves. What am I doing? Am I running this race? And then we look to Jesus, the best example of one who ran with faith. The sinless life of Jesus Christ. And look, look at verse 2 again. It says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. It didn't say, let us fix our eyes on the Old Testament prophets. Or let us fix our eyes on mom and dad. Let us fix our eyes on this person that's doing well in the race. How about fix your eyes on Jesus, who conquered sin and death, who ran the best race, and who finished well. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. The author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Now that's interesting. Who for the joy set before him? The Bible says it was joy set before the Lord to take the cross on. Now again, we do read in the Gospels that Jesus himself as the man was terrified and not wanting to have to handle the cross. We see the humanity of Jesus. He was fully man. No one wanted to go through that scorn. No one wanted to go through that shame. No one wanted to go through that painful experience of dying on a cross. But that was God's ultimate plan was to send his son to die for you and me, to take the penalty of sin, to punish Jesus, to crush him, the Bible says. And it says in Hebrews, for the joy set before him endured the cross. It was joyful for God. It was joyous for God to send his son and die for us. Why? So that we can accept him, believe in him that he died for us, and one day live with him forever and eternity. It didn't say for the, the lack of confidence that Jesus had or for the, for the shame that was set before Jesus, he had to do it. It was for the joy The joy set before him, that's the ultimate example of one who lived a life of faith and persevered. And it says this, keep reading in verse 3, verse 2. It says, scorning its shame, the cross, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He had to go through the shameful experience dying on that cross. Everyone watching him, everyone looking at him as a criminal. The most innocent man in the entire universe dying for us. It was joy set before him. We need to look at other people in the Old Testament of who finished well in the faith. We need to look at our own self. Am I running this race well? And we need to look at Jesus. Fix our eyes on him. And can you guys go with me to Philippians chapter 3 verse 12? Just turn back a little bit. Just a few pages. Philippians chapter 3 verses 12 through 14. This is Paul writing to the church of Philippi. Pressing on toward the goal. That's what I have at at verse 12, the subtitle above verse 12, pressing on toward the goal. Again, Paul, as as the author in Hebrews also did, Paul uses the analogy, the image of running a race. If Paul was here today, I think he would love sports. I really do. He used a lot of imagery of running the race, of sporting events. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. It says this, Not that I have already obtained all this, or I have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Did you guys hear that? I love that. 
I press on to take hold of that which for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Verses 13, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Jesus Christ. He says, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. That is all about running a race. That is what the author of Hebrews of chapter 12 is trying to tell the Old Testament, the the Jewish believers in that day, stop looking what's behind you. Stop looking at what's, what's been done in the past, whether it was good or bad. You've got to strain towards the goal which is ahead of you. You have to constantly run this race and strain toward the goal. What's the goal? Jesus Christ, the hope of heaven. Running this race is not going to be easy. Straining towards the goal is what Paul says. To win the prize, the prize, the heavenly crown, Eternal life is the prize that Jesus gives for us. We press on towards the goal. You don't, say, you, don't say, you don't see Usain Bolt just give up in the middle of a race. You don't see anybody just start giving up because they want to. Michael Phelps swimming. One of the best Olympic swimmers of our day and in history. You don't see him just give up and be like, all right, this is done. He's a competitor. Bolt's a competitor. Athletes today are competitors. It was the same of this day and age. And Paul says we need to be a competitor in this, in this race called life. Strain towards the goal. Do not give up. Don't start looking at other people and see what they're doing. Oh, maybe I need to join this or join that. Let me, let me follow this group. Let me drift over here. Stay on the course. Consider what is ahead. Put what is behind in the past. And go back to Hebrews chapter 12. And I want to read a verse to you about Jesus' example. I'm going to turn there. You don't have to turn there. It's John chapter 13, verse 15. You can write it down if you want. John 13, 15. Jesus said this, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Jesus said that to his disciples. I have set the example that you should do what I do. Jesus is the ultimate example. 2 Peter also says, 2 Peter 2, 21. It says this. 2 Peter 2, 21. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. I love that verse. Highlight that, write it down. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Leaving you an example. Jesus Christ left the ultimate example that we should follow him in his steps. His footsteps that he left for us. He ran the ultimate race. He died the greatest death of all. No man could ever bear the sin of the world. Jesus Christ did it for us. And so I want to leave you guys with last three things that we just have been summarizing in this one. Stay the course. Number one, let us throw off everything. What does that mean? Anything. Good or bad. Let us throw off anything that hinders us or the sin that entangles us. That's what the writer says. Let us throw off everything that is going to get in the way of running the race. Whether good or bad. Stay the course. Number two, let us run with perseverance. As Moses did. We talked about last time. Moses ran with perseverance. Let us run. Let us, uh, let us go on towards the goal and strain for what is righteous. Run this race with perseverance. Don't run it and groan. Don't run it and complain. 
run with perseverance. Jesus Christ paid the best death for us all. The best we can do is just run this race called life. That's the least that God asks for us. He doesn't ask us to go and die for, us, die for our sins. He doesn't ask us to do some hard things. He just asks us to follow him, run this race with perseverance, and then one day you will see, receive the prize. He doesn't ask us to do much, but he does know it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost us. We're going to have to count the cost. It's going to be a time of trial, of struggling, of wanting to look good, peer pressure. What's more popular, following Jesus or following what the world's telling us? It's what the world is telling us right now. That's more popular. Jesus is not very popular in this time. Actually, Jesus was never very popular in any time. Even in his day and age. The Pharisees, people had just looked at him like, what are you talking about? He was a prophet without honor, the Bible says. That those who he called, who he went for, did not receive him. Everything in this life is about what's, what's everyone else doing? What's, what's most popular? What's my friend doing? Or what's the world, what's the world doing? What's, what's Twitter telling me to do? What's Facebook saying? What's Justin Bieber now tweeting about? Man, I gotta, I gotta follow Justin. Gotta see what he's doing these days. I could care less to follow Justin Bieber. What is Jesus telling us to do? How are we to follow Jesus the right way? Well, that's number three, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. How can we do that? We can start by reading his word. We can start seeing what he has for us. When we go to camp this winter, again, we always emphasize talk time, time alone with God. But we don't want you to just have the camp experience to be your talk time. We want that talk time to go out when you guys leave camp and to practice it at home, at school. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, studying his word. What is he telling you? So let us throw off everything that's going to get in the way of us. Let's press on towards the goal. Let's run with perseverance. And let's fix our eyes on Jesus. He is the target at the end of the finish line. He's calling out to us. He wants everyone to win. He wants everyone to follow him. But sometimes sin... Peer pressure, events that are going on in the world that distract us, they may push us away. Again, in Hebrews chapter 2, it talked about drifting. Why would the author of Hebrews talk about drifting if it wasn't a big deal? It's because it was a big deal. People were going back into their old ways. People were going back into something that they knew from the past. It's time to start moving from the past, and it's time to start moving forward to Jesus. We don't have much time. We're studying Revelation now on Wednesday nights. And we're talking about end times. And we're talking about how Jesus is going to come back any moment. We are closer to Jesus. Jesus is coming in the rapture of the church than any, than any time in the past, obviously. It is time to stop drifting and to stop being distracted of what's going on in this world. Because this world's going to perish. This world's going to fall away. This world has, is not our home. And though there will be people at the end of the road that will go to Jesus and say, I thought I, I knew you. I ran the race. I did it well. But they actually didn't know Jesus. And Jesus says, I never knew you. Those are some of the, the most 
Dangerous verses, I think, in the Bible when Jesus says, I never knew you. It's because people nowadays think that they may be running the race, think that they're a good person, think that that's the best way to get to heaven. Well, I don't do this. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. I'm waiting until I get married to have sex. I'm not doing this and that. I'm not following what the world's doing. I'm, being, I'm a good person. The Bible's not about being a good person to get to heaven. Pressing on towards the goal is not about being good. It's about being holy. It's about following what Jesus has told us. It's about calling sin what is sin. It's about calling what is good, good. In this life, you're going to have to make choices. In this race, you're going to have to make choices. What does God say that is good? Or what does the world say that is good? Do I trust the world or do I trust God? This life is all about choices. And being a good person is not going to have you finish the race well. And Jesus is very strong and very serious by saying, you can't do anything that's good enough to get to heaven. You may finish well at the end of the race, but you did it by good works. You didn't read my word. You didn't trust me. You didn't accept me as Savior. That is all about getting to heaven. It's accepting Jesus as Savior. And I know many churches today, many backgrounds you may have had in life, talk about, well, if I do this and if I don't do this, I'm going to heaven. Or I'm doing well. You may not even believe in a heaven. That's another story. But people these days say, if I'm doing this, I'm doing this uh, charity right here. That's a good thing. That's great. Or I'm staying the race. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm helping this out. And I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not getting in. I'm not messing up here. I'm doing well. There are many great people. But there aren't many Christians that actually do what the Bible says. We need to run this race, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this word uh, that we can study. We thank you for Hebrews chapter 12 and just giving us a glimpse, a summary of what the author is trying to tell us. And looking back at the old heroes of faith, I pray that we would look back at the, the ones that live this life, that we can take their example, that we can now examine our own heart, our own self, and, and ask each other, are, are we running this race? Are we staying the course? And we all ultimately can look to you, Jesus, for, for help for guidance. I pray that we would fix our eyes on you at all times. This world is going to throw distractions at us. I pray that we would stay the course, enter the narrow gate, run the race with perseverance, not give up. We love you, Lord. We just pray that you go before us now. We thank you for your son once again to die for us. We pray that you would now prepare the kids' hearts, prepare all of our hearts for camp, that you would do a good work that we would stay this course and finish well. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. For additional teachings and to learn more about the Cornerstone Chapel Youth Group, visit us online at cornerstonechapel.net.